Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Seven of the Scott Gibson Show. I am Scott Gibson. Welcome to the podcast. What a fucking week it's been, eh? Wall Street has uh, has been attacked by the uh, by the Rebel Alliance. Yeah, nah. <laughs> the Rebel Alliance are attacking the foundations of um, of uh, the rich. The rich bastards living. And they don't like it. There's hedge fund managers, overlords uh, on American news crying their fucking eyes out because they're seeing billions. They're gonna have to. Uh, they're gonna have to make a few unhappy people. Oh, oh, sorry. They're gonna have to make a few people very unhappy. Send a few difficult emails off to uh, their their vampire lizard overlords. We we should just say that. Um, first of all, hope you're safe and well. Goes without being said, another week of the pandemic, another week of the lockdown, likely to last all of February. So let's just get it out of the way now. We're locked down for another month. Forget about it. Let's get it out of the way as uh, as I am recording this podcast. Breaking news. Breaking news. Uh, there's been a death. There's been a death. There are deaths every day. Thousands of people dying. You know, hundreds of th- tens of thousands, tens upon tens, upon hundreds, upon millions, dying daily, but noticeable deaths since we last spoke, sadly, uh, just before I started recording, Sir Captain Tom has uh, has has passed, Sir Captain Tom, um, many of you will know, if you don't know, you've been living in a cave, and I am jealous too also, so um, there was a guy who woke up from a coma, he's been in a coma for 11 months, and he woke up and he's like, where the fuck's COVID? Imagine being in a coma for the last year. And you wake up now, what a shit time to come out of the coma. Just stay in the fucking coma. Listen, you're in a coma, man. You know, you're having the fucking best sleep of your life, possibly. Hopefully some nice happy dreams. Why would you want to wake up now, for the love of God? Just stay, just stay in that little... Coma fucking sleep zone that you're in. All warm and snuggly, all happy. Getting fed through a tube, getting your arse fucking wiped for you. 
not not knowing not a jot, caring not a fuck, to wake up in the middle of COVID and a pandemic, oh, the horror. But some people pass that. Anyway, so Captain Tom, uh, so Captain Tom Moore has, uh, has sadly, has, has walked off the mortal coil and uh, he's he sadly passed away. COVID, he had pneumonia, um, which is a bit, which is a common thing for for old people to get, and obviously contracting COVID as well. Uh, his his uh, defense system would have been down. You bloody Nazis! And he's he sadly passed away. Um, I'm sure there will be uh, appropriate um, farewell tapes played in the BBC this evening and for days to come. But uh, an incredible achievement nonetheless. Um, I suppose to recap, if you if you don't know, and like I say, if you don't know, you're living in a cave. Uh, so Captain Tom, April of last year, believe it or not, was when he completed it, I think. Uh, 99 years of age, last year, approaching his 100th birthday, um, he had survived uh, cancer. He had skin cancer on his head, I believe, and he fell and broke a hip. Again, classic old person banter. Um... They get to that age where they can start falling and breaking things. And it's a good way to bring family around you if you have not seen them for some time. Um, and as a way to say thank you to NHS, he wanted to, to raise some money. He initially wanted to raise £1,000 was the target, which um, from one article I read, um, the good thing now is you're seeing both sisters, right? Uh, both daughters, sorry. There's, there's been one daughter who's been at the forefront of the uh, Sir Captain Moore, Moore uh, campaign, which is the daughter he lives with, and now you're seeing the other daughter getting equal billing. And uh, the the one who's maybe knows famous has, uh, has let slip that the family laughed at the poor bastard uh, when he said he was going to raise a thousand pound. They went, ha ha ha, dokie. And uh, he wanted to do a hundred laps of his garden uh, to approach his 100th birthday, which in itself... Um, some people are going, I mean, he's not really done much, has he? Listen, good luck and you getting to 100. Well, the sad thing is the way the fucking Elon Musk and the alien racist will probably all have to 100. What a horrifying idea. The very thought, the very reason why it was always a bonus to be a Glaswegian is you knew you would check out at 65. Not a fucking hope in hell you're seeing retirement age. And now we're all going to live to 100. Fuck, no thank you. Look, I know that the way technology is and uh, medicine and the fact that they're going to need uh, a, a, a group, a global race of workers to build uh, the new compounds on Mars, they're going to need to keep, keep us around for a lot longer. I get that. I get that the chances of me living till I am 100 plus are now very high, sadly. I know there's a lot of people going, I want to live... I want to live forever. No. No. I, I think 80's enough. I think 80's. If there's nothing, if you haven't done something by 80, the chances of you doing that are very slim. And I know people will use uh, Sir Tom, the captain. Captain, my captain. I know people will use that as an example. Like, Look what that man achieved as he was 100 years of age. The chances of that happening ever or again are very slim, you know? I think 80's plenty. I mean, I could be wrong. You, you could be going, no, big man, I want to live to him 206. Bugger that shit, man. 
you probably get to 100 years of age, you'll have fucking electronic legs, a fake hip. There'll be fuck all left of you. You know? It'd probably just be like the one of the fucking, the cartoons, a brain in a jar on top of a robot's body. <laughs> going through the new fucking dating app going, listen, your papa's 106, but I'm going to get back out there and find myself a lover. I've got one of the new robotic cocks I've strapped on. Fucking tickety-boo. So he was a hunter. And he walked 100 laps his garden. Uh, big garden, 25 metres. Jesus, fuck, what a garden. Um, Today's a £1,000, 100 laps, 100-year-old, 100 £1,000. It's all nice numbers. And uh, that was the hope, that was the initial hope. Raise a £1,000, give it to charity to say, listen, thanks very much for fucking looking after us and all that when I had the cancer, you know what I mean? And um, through through the, probably a perfect storm, through the lockdown, through COVID at a time when, you know, we'd, we'd all binged Tiger King, uh, we were a bit discombobulated as to what was happening in the world. And uh, we probably needed something to, to get behind and in a way feel as though you're doing something without actually doing something. Does that make sense? I don't mean Sir Captain Tom, Sir Captain Tom, Captain Sir Tom. Tom's a captain. I mean, a lot of people around the around the world because it was it was global news. Um, there was a way for you to be involved in something, and 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 raise some money, and feel as though you were doing your bit and doing good. Without having to go and do a hundred laps of your garden, you know. And uh, in the end, he raised uh, just shy of thirty three million, which is an an insane sum of money. An insane sum of money. Um. And he has been congratulated and should be congratulated for what he did. Um, but it was an incredible amount of money raised globally. There were people from all over the world donating. From from what I can understand from the uh, the short piece that went out, um, there was over half a million donations in total, which is an incredible sum. Um, at the time, and even now, Sadly, the, the the I don't imagine the discussion will ever be raised or had, but we we should never be in a position where we are looking for. I was going to say private investment, but we I don't think we should ever be in the position where we are looking for members of the public to raise money to help the NHS. I mean, what the fuck is going on? But that is a different topic for a different day, Gabbo. We're not going to get back into that fucking deep, boring nonsense, are we? Fucking eat the rich. Eat the rich. I stand by that decision. Eat the fucking rich. Eh? There's a diet I'd get back. I don't know if that's keto or fucking whatever the hell. Kegel. I don't even know what Kegel is. Is that something to do with your franny? I don't know. Eat the fucking rich. Anyway, um, God bless you, Sir Tom. No longer with us. Has, has passed on, so... um. I'm sure Michael Ball is fucking raging, man. Raging! <laughs> Michael Ball's the only one swearing at the telly. Everybody else, sit down, mum, listen. Remember Sir Captain Tom, that guy that done the, the garden thing? He's, no, he's gone, mum. Covid did pneumonia, I hunter, you know, that's terrible. Oh, what a shame for that man. Whereas Michael... Michael Ball's probably at this moment in a padded room. Or his family are his family are in a panic room within their fucking Edwardian mansion. Imagine Michael Ball's kids are all dressed like fucking chimney sweeps. Alright, Gav, pip pip 
<laughs> the mother frantically going round the mansion. Where are the children? Where are the children? What's wrong, mother? Is something wrong with papa? Is he drunk again? Is he singing? Now, children, Sir Captain Tom's died. Oh, for fuck's sake, mum, pip pip. To the panic room. <laughs> the panic room is just the fucking chimney. <laughs> they all scuttle up the chimney like Edwardian Santas. Oh, Jesus, fuck, mum, we knew this day would come. Michael Ball's going to his smashing things up. You old fucker. <laughs> With a world tour planned. Oh, my God. Michael Ball's going to do a fucking tribute album. I'm, I'm telling you now, Michael Ball is going to do a fucking tribute album and he's going to go on tour. He's going to go on tour in memory of Sir Tom, the captain. It's going to be like the proms, but back when the fucking empire was, was ruled the world, you know? Fucking British India trading or whatever the bastard that slave company was. It's going to be, the next six months is going to be like that. It's going to be Union Jacks, fucking Red Arrows. It's going to be horrendous. Well, mate, again. Don't know. Sing up, everybody. It's for the captain. Don't know when, but I know we'll meet again some sunny day. Fuck off, Michael Ball. So, Tom, thank you for everything you did, big man. You're uh, a legend. A legend. A lovely old man. It was nice to see some of the things that had uh, that had happened. I mean, what, what a last year to get, you know? Hundred years, man. Hundred years alive. Serving your country. Living through a war. A bloody world war. Living through a world war. And you imagine you probably get to a point in your life when I don't think there's anybody who's 99, 100 years of age who would ever think, you know, that there's a possibility that you could experience the thing that that... that that Tom, Sir Captain, Captain Tom, I don't know how the fuck to probably say it, to experience the things that he experienced in that last year of his life. I mean, what what a way. I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to go, go big, you know? Release an album, cover a Vogue, fucking they're setting up fireworks are you in the sky. I suppose in a way that, you know, you never, you're, you're never too old to dream. You're never too old to dream. Uh, but yes, sadly, sadly, Captain Moore has gone. A- another death, which we probably should mention um, to many people of my generation, 80s babies, uh, Screech. Uh, Dustin Diamond, uh, 44 years of age. No age. Uh, Screech, character from the famous Save by the Bell. Uh, again, what a life that man has had. What a bloody life. Eh? From huge global celebrity to um, bankrupt. I'm sure he had a porno at one point. Am, uh, am I wrong in saying he was selling T-shirts? Was there no, uh, was his house not getting foreclosed on and you could buy T-shirts to save Screech or something? I don't know. But sadly, 44, man, no age. Again, what what a life that that man had distilled into 44 years. You know? That's fucking, you never know what's in the corner. Uh, Dustin Diamond played Screech Powers. Saber Bell sadly passed away 44 years of age. Um, Dustin Diamond passed away February the 1st following a diagnosis of stage 4 lung cancer earlier in the year. 
again, sometimes that people think now that, I mean, cancer certainly know the death sentence that it once was, but it's still a horrific disease that you would never wish upon anyone to ever have to deal with or go through. Um, but every now and again, you do hear of, you know, sadly cases of uh, cancer where the diagnosis and then it's literally a matter of weeks until they, they lose their, their battle with it, you know. And uh, I think, I mean, I would never say, and it's never the case that people don't think cancer is serious now, but I, I do feel as if sometimes, you know, people maybe think that it's no, it's it's no, um, I think, be, what am I trying to say, Gable? Get your fucking words out. Because of the advancement in medicine, it is certainly not the death sentence it once was, but it's still a horrific disease, cancer. Horrendous, man. And, um, you know, it's just a, it's just a terrible way still that it's taking people's lives. Um, article here from the, the BBC, reportedly uh, hospitalised in January after feeling uh, generally unwell upon diagnosis. Uh, Diamond, or Screech, was told he only had weeks to live. His condition deteriorated uh, the previous couple of days uh, and eventually taken off breathing support. Uh, his dad was, was with him at the time of passing. Tributes to the stars who played nerdy yet lovable Screech have began pouring in. Um... So two big deaths. Two big deaths in the world. Screech from Save the Bell and sadly uh, Sir Captain Tom. Bloody horrendous. We have the Super Bowl coming up uh, this uh, Sunday, I think. Seventh? Super Bowl Sunday. I think it's Sunday. Who fucking knows, man? I uh, I know nothing of American football, nothing. Um, but the Super Bowl's coming up, very much like the uh, you know occasionally you, you go to church. Um, you maybe drop in for the old the uh, Christmas uh, celebration, possibly a christening, um, you know a wedding. Uh, other than that, you will never attend. That is my relationship with American football. I know it exists. I understand it's there. Uh, I'll drop in for the big games, which is the Super Bowl final. Um, who's performing this year? That's always the the exciting thing. The Americans, I mean, sport in America, they, they make it that they have the greatest sports in the world. They don't. Football, greatest sport in the world. Uh, I don't care what you say or what you think. It's fact. They call it soccer because they're assholes. Um, what we're talking about here, right? Super Bowl uh, final 2021. 20, here we go. Uh, official Super Bowl and uh, tickets. Uh, you can still what? You can still get tickets. How you get tickets for the game? What are you talking about? Is it because it's in Tampa? No, gotta be. I think I've uh, I've just clicked on the ultimate Super Bowl experience only with on location. Surely you can't. Eat. Surely they're not having people in the fucking stadium are they for the game. The bastards are they? No. What am I on here? What website is this? NFL giving free Super Bowl tickets to seven and a half thousand healthcare workers. Right, so there, there's fucking there is people going to be there. In the name of Christ, surely not. Kansas City Chiefs versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers, February seventh, Raymond James Stadium. Where the fucking hell is that, man? I mean, that shows you how little I know about the. I don't even know where the fucking final is. 
Oh my, there is, they're, they're fucking selling tickets, $5,000, $5,500, oh, uh, virtual experience, commemorative chief's gift, virtual experiences, let's see what's going on, let's click on this man, this is the joy of podcasting, we're live with fucking computers here, um, no, oh my god, they're actually having this again, what, do you know what, see sometimes when I see things like this, what is the fucking point? What is the point of even... What is the point of any more giveaway? I don't know, man. We're sitting here locked in, schnibbed, can't fucking move, can't he ain't, can't he book gigs, can't he book tours, can't he fuck all, and yet America is going to have literally tens of thousands of people in a fucking stadium for a final. I mean, what is the bloody point anymore? You know? The only the only countries that seem to be doing well, and I'm not going to keep talking about COVID, but the only countries that seem to be making any progress are the countries to just go lock the fucking door, don't let a single bastard in, and nobody leaves. Even if people are, but excuse me, I don't live in this country and I'm trapped. Couldn't give a flying fuck, mate. Get a hotel or buy a house because guess what? You're now officially a New Zealand citizen. So shut your fucking mouth. I've got to go home to America. No, you don't, cunt. You fucking live here now. Or somebody's like, I need to come home to New Zealand. No, you don't, dig bag. You should have been home. And guess what? Wherever you are, you fucking live there now. No, America. America's like, wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. QAnon, man. It's all lizards. Who gives a fuck? Wall Street's collapsing. Fuck it, it's the Super Bowl. Rock flag and eagle. Have a full stadium. You want to fly to the UK from America? Fucking in you come, big boy. Who cares? Who cares? I can't believe there's going to be people in the stadium. Can't believe it. Cannot believe it. But there you go. So you've still got time. You've still got time. If you want to go to the Super Bowl, well, why not buy a ticket? Five and a half thousand dollars. Seems reasonable. Seems reasonable. Um, the only reason I'll be watching it, um, like I said, big games. But um, I put a tweet out a few years ago, a number of years back, saying uh, I want to get into the American football. I never done it. Like a lot of things I said I was going to do, I never done it. I think I would like to. I would like to. I want to have a team. Finish the story, Gibble. What is going on with my brain today? I'm all over the place. Put out a tweet a few years ago saying I really want to get into American football, guys. What team should I support? Are there any teams out there that want a new fan? Ha ha ha. Hashtag Rock Flag and Eagle. Hashtag USA. And the Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs. The actual Chiefs. The Chefs. The Chief O's. The cha 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 The Chiefies. The Chiefies. As they're uh, known to their fans. Hardcore fans. The Chiefies. Um, the, the Tomahawks. The Hockeys. The, the, the Tomos. The two team we're back. Saying we would love you to be a chief. And since that day, I have been a chief. Now, have I watched a Kansas City Chief match? No. Do I even know where Kansas is? No. Do I know anything about them? Yes. They play in orange. Uh, you know, so a good, a good orangeman. Uh, the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are the, uh, the Rangers of the American Football League. The orangeman. Uh, you know. Good, good, uh, good Protestant team there, the Kansas City Chiefs. Other than that, not a clue. But they're in Super Bowl final, and so I will be, I will be, uh, I will be supporting my supporting my Chiefs, uh, supporting the boys. Uh, let's find out. Kansas, can 
Kansas. There we go. Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Pressure. Based in Can- Missouri. Missouri. Uh, Andy Reid, head coach. Love Andy's work. Uh, you know. Kansas City Chiefs put two players on COVID-19 reserve list. Oh, Jesus. We're losing, we're losing boys to fucking COVID, man. Um, who's performing at Super Bowl final? That's always a good one. Who's performing at Super Bowl? Uh, oh, the weekend. I have heard of him. Uh, Twenty twenty one Super Bowl halftime show. Uh, but uh, it's going to be the weekend, so you know, lots to look forward to there. But hopefully, Kansas can uh, can bring the bring the the trophy home to Missouri. The uh, the Kansas. Kansas City boys. Um, the other thing that I, that I saw an article was briefly we spoke about this on the uh, on the Sunday service um, about the whole GameStop situation with uh, with the with the Reddit feed being shut down and uh, uh, the stock exchange putting bans. People were unable to buy stocks, which is shocking, man. Again, it's one of these things that seems to happen quite a lot, where because there's so much shite in the news, right? Because there's so many non-news stories and there's so much uh, propaganda that's pushed out especially by places like the BBC right where they where they give you the news that they want to give you they're not actually they're not actually reporting you know on, on global situations this is a big thing man this this whole GameStop thing Wall Street's reaction to it the way that some American politicians who are in positions of power are reacting to it as well. Very interesting that this has also happened at the start of um, Biden's campaign. Been been incredibly quiet on it. Uh, and oddly, I think if this had happened with, with Trump, I don't think it would have gone the same way because his, his whole thing is, you know, every man's opportunity to make themselves a millionaire and be rich. There have been people in the news saying this will have huge consequences for Wall Street and global economy. And in a way, it's almost as if... Now listen, there's, there's been no loopholes here. Like Anybody who bought shares for GameStop or who bought shares for AMC, which is the other one they're pushing up, um, uh, there was a list that was put out for uh, companies which are they're trying to short these hedge funds or trying to short the stocks on them. And the, the two that are kind of pushing the now is AMC, which is the cinema chain, and GameStop, and and people who bought stocks in that, you know, this is not this is not some conspiracy thing. This is not someone who is against uh, governments or against global politics. This is just a group of people who have used what is at their disposal legally, and challenged these people at their own game, and they've won, and the rich, the 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 wealthy. They don't like it, and now suddenly there's a there's a there's a one eighty turnaround. People have been told they cannot buy stocks, which is insane. Because suddenly someone's understood the rules and and beat them at their own game. It's mad. It's fucking madness. The the, the whole thing about the stock markets is that the average person, i.e., me, possibly you, we don't understand how it works. You know, we know it's there, we know it exists, but we don't fucking understand it. We're never going to have the money to play the game. And these in, in, uh, hedge funds and these, you know, venture capitalists, they, they, they bet on that. They know that you're not going to get involved in it. So they can short company stocks. They can drive down 
company's values and then they can profit on that. So what's to stop you getting involved and beating them at their own game? Nothing, but suddenly now that seems to be the case. They're going to, eventually I think it's going to go down the route of, you know, you're maybe going to have to have a certain level of personal wealth before you can buy stocks. Then, and then how is that responsible? How is that the American way, rock, flag and eagle? I don't know. But this thing I saw was a guy who had, uh, he'd made $30,000 from uh, the initial investments in GameStop and he used it to buy uh, computers, he used it to buy games consoles uh, to give to a children's hospital. Um, this again is from Sky News. A uh, 20 year old university student, 20 years of age. Think what you were doing at 20. God, when I was 20, in the name of fuck, what a drunken mess I was. 20 years of age, 20 year old university student who cashed out $30,000 from his GameStop shares used a chunk of the earnings to buy multiple games consoles for a children's hospital at 20 years of age. Can you imagine sitting down with your mates at 20 and trying to explain to them that we should use our fucking weekend booze and or drug money to invest in a fucking game? Inve Listen, lads, we all need to get our money together, right? Have a weekend off the weed, nay hash, nay booze. Here, listen, just hear me out, right? Nay chips and cheese, nay takeaway. Nay booze, nay party, nay hash, nay coke, nay... Nothing. For one weekend, right? We all bundle together and we buy stocks in fucking blockbuster video. Hear me out, boys. Hear me out. We're going to be millionaires. You dig it fucking loud. But this young boy, the youth of today, man, you know? 20 years of age. Cashed out 30 grand fee stocks. So the fuckers probably got more money tied up in there. Uh, mechanical engineer student uh, Hunter Can. What a Hunter Can man. Yeah, I'm, hun Graf I'm Hunter Can, uh, venture capitalist. Hunter Can. What a name. Sounds like a bad guy for Star Wars. Can. Hunter Can uh, was among a number of amateur investors um, and Reddit users who put their money in the GameStop, uh, cashing it in, uh, causing its worth to increase dramatically. Sorry. Can bought numerous shares at thirty dollars. In an effort to prove wrong, the big boys of Wall Street, blah de blah de blah de blah. Um, as a result, Wall Street and hedge funds lost millions of dollars. Good. Uh, the stock jumped uh, six one thousand percent. Sorry, over sixteen hundred percent over the last month and last Wednesday, uh, January twenty seven. Can cashed out at thirty thousand uh, dollars after stock trading app Robinhood was accused of being hypocritical for preventing amateurs from stealing from the rich the 20 year old descended uh, sorry decided what is wrong with me what is wrong with me today i can't speak i can't read i've no i've no i've not been fed today that's the problem i've no had a proper breakfast i've no had a lunch it's new half past five i'm fucking starving i've no drank enough water or coffee today today's just been a bad day today's been a bad day but i'm persevering on uh can who lives in stillwater minnesota uh, spent more than $2,000 uh, donating six Nintendo Switch lights, two Nintendo Switches, multiple games, eShop gift cards, screen protectors, and cases. He told CNN there was no group of people more deserving of receiving a bunch of video games than some kids going through a hard time. That's fucking... That's nice of you, mate. That's nice of um, Further explaining his decision in a post on Instagram, he wrote, As a beneficiary of the recent events on Wall Street, I think it's important that myself and others pay forward our good fortune. 
These events have highlighted a lot of corruption and with the transfer of power it's important that we don't become men in suits ourselves. I am proud to announce my humble donation of six Nintendo Switches and games uh, to go to the Children's Minnesota Hospital. Can't stop, won't stop. Go on, son. Then there's a picture of him outside the hospital with this stuff. Do you know what? That As much as the emphasis seems to be on the reporting of Wall Street and how the people in power are telling you that if you go against them, it will somehow be detrimental to you. You know, if you try and step up to power, if you try and use the same, you know, tactics of war that these fuckers impose on us, somehow it will go against you. It's fucking bullshit. It's lies. It's amazing still to me that even right now in 2021, of everything that we are seeing in the children that are starving in this country, the 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 way in which people have, the way in which the country's been handling COVID, and I am talking north and south of the border, because fucking the SNP and Sturgeon isn't getting a pass this time. We will continue, I say we, England will continue to vote fucking Tory. They'll continue to vote them back in again, because for whatever reason, they believe that eventually someone's going to help them or they'll turn the corner. It's never going to change, man. I'm not saying there needs to be some kind of revolution that we should rise up and take to the streets. But things like this, we need to start taking a bit more interest in it. Things like Wall Street pushing back, things like global powers pushing back and suddenly telling you, no, 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 listen, I know that for the last 40, 50, 60 years, many of us, I'm in my mid-30s, people similar ages, people who can't get on the housing market, can't buy a house, can't find a job that's fucking worth doing, can't find something that actually pays them enough so that they can live a comfortable life. No going out, fucking getting paid five grand a week, partying like a rock star. A comfortable life, living in a nice house, living in a nice area, being able to pay your bills, have money in your pocket, go on holiday, live a fucking life, exist as a happy human being. I know that many of us are unable to do that. And yet we see a, a small group continue to in, not only increase their wealth, but increase their wealth by dramatic amounts. And then when someone finds a way to beat them at their own game, there, there is an uproar because they have lost out. They being that top 1%, that controlling power, that they've lost out in a way. And you should be upset by that and go, listen, look... Alright, you found it, you understand how we play the game and you beat us at our own game this time. Oh, what are you like, you fucking little scamps now? Tell you what, give us all that money back and we'll give you an extra 50 pence an hour on your weekly wage. How does that sound? Okay, deal, now get to fuck. Come on now, give us the money. Eat the rich, man. Eat the fucking rich. Sticking on the uh, the, the subjects of America, uh, which, is, which is still my favourite country. You know, it is. I, I like them. I like America because they're batshit crazy and I love them. And when I saw this news story, I thought, in the name of fuck, we're all going to hell. Uh, Oregon, uh, a state that you will know well, a uh, big player in the election. Oregon uh, has become the first state in the US to decriminalise the possession of small amounts of every single fucking drug. Not weed. Not hash, not a wee bit of <clears throat> Colombian's finest. Every fucking drug. What? No. 
big questions there. If there's any brass monkeys amongst you, you're probably delighting, scrambling for an atlas going, where the fuck is Oregon, Sandra? Because we're moving there right now. As of today, 1st of February, so in the past now, uh, people who are caught with small amount of drugs, including heroin, cocaine, and methamphetamine, will not face criminal charges. In the name of Christ, it's a junkie's utopia. Let me read that for you again. People who are caught with a small amount of drugs, now it's a small amount, it's for private consumption, your honour, of heroin, cocaine, and methamphetamine, one of the biggest killers in America in recent years, if you are now found with small amounts, you will not face criminal charges. Instead, they will now have the option of paying a $100 fine or else agree to go for a health assessment at a drug treatment facility. Mind-blown. Listen, I understand that we've got to maybe do something a little bit different with the approach to how people deal with drug abuse, substance abuse, any kind of abuse, really. And also how we look at rehabilitating people and giving people the support and the treatment that they need. But is removing any form of criminalisation for a small amount of personal use, is that the way to go? So effectively what you're doing is you are asking people to fall into the trap and the trap being that they either have to have finances behind them, so be wealthy enough in order to escape punishment or force themselves into some kind of, I would say, weak, watered-down treatment programme that's probably designed to keep them off the street for a little bit and then filter them back in. I imagine these rehab facilities or these drug treatment facilities that are talking about here are probably not long enough that they're actually able to get clean and get the support they need, but just long enough that it drives up their fucking thirst and their need for drugs again and then release them back into the wild where they go and they get fucking smacked with their nut again and get caught and continue in this system. Everything that seems to be happening now, everything that's spoken about, everything that is discussed on a on a kind of lesser criminal matter seems to have some kind of financial implication attached to it. And it, all that it's saying is, if you can afford to break this law, why not go ahead and do it? If you can afford to pay $100, why not go and take some heroin? What's the worst that can happen? You get caught by the police. Oh, I've got heroin, but it's only a wee bit of brune. It's just for me, I swear to God. Oh, right, I'm going to have to take it off you, Franco. But listen, you need to go to a treatment facility. You'll be fucked if I'm going there. Well, in that case, it's $100. There you go, mate. There's $100 right here. In fact, you know what? Fuck it. There's 150 I've been selling hundreds of bread. Oh, what am I like? Take it. Same with the people who are being caught having house parties now. Fucking people on a boat party. You know? People dying every fucking day, locked in house. I'm going out my mind. I'm, I am slowly having a fucking mental breakdown because of this fucking COVID. But people continue to do things that are against the law, that are illegal, but they get away with it because they can afford it. Honestly, if you if I was sitting in there and I am a fucking millionaire, I'm loaded, and I've not seen my friends or my family for for a year. I've not seen them for a year. 
right? And I'm sitting going, if I was to have 30 people around the house for a dinner party, right? I'm going to have 30 people around my mansion for a dinner party, we're going to have a couple of drinks, and then people are either going to stay over or they're going to go home, right? And I'm thinking, it's £800 a skull for 30 people. Say I get an extra 10 grand in tap that because I'm the one hosting the party. Ah, fuck it. I've not seen people in months. Fuck it. Come on around to my house. Come on around to the mansion. I'm going to get a catering company in. They're going to give us a slap-up meal. And if anything happens, says, don't worry, I'll fucking cover the cost. That That is what we're, that's where we're going. That's the, that's the way that life is driving down. There's no consequences anymore as long as you are rich enough to pay off those problems or you are connected enough. That's what's happening. This whole situation with fucking COVID that's put the world in is not like we once thought, we're all going to come out of this better people and dead happy and nice to our neighbour and kumbaya, my lord, kumbaya. No, we're coming out of this going, fuck you, cunt. If you've not got the money, you're not a human. You don't deserve to exist within the parameters of my new world that I have created. That's what's going to happen. When we come out of lockdown, it's going to be, can you afford to live in the new world? That's what's going to be. And the rest of you are going to get driven into this fucking substandard, second-tier existence. Where you can't go to certain places, you can't be in certain shops, you've got to mix with a certain group. It's like fucking the running man. <laughs> That's what's going to happen, man. That's what's going to happen. Fuck me, it's grim, isn't it? It's, it's, even, do you know, as I'm saying this, I'm going, that's exactly what's going to happen. Lockdown's going to come out, and there's going to be a list of countries that you can and cannot visit because there's going to be a certain cost involved. There's going to be a pay structure. Everything will be behind a paywall, you know? You can go, your kids can still go to school, but if you want them to go to like a really good school with good teachers and there's a safe school and it's clean and it's everything's looked after, you're going to have to pay for that. So you're then going to have to make a decision do I have the money to send my children to these new COVID fucking friendly schools or are they going to have to continue going to some council run shithole? So then you're going to have to think about that, but you can't get a job to pay for it, you can't stay where you're in. Because your council tax is going to go through the fucking roof. So you've got to move further and further back into the demilitarised zone. Into the fucking Q zone. Where council tax is a little bit less and you can afford to live there. But bins don't get emptied. Or if they are emptied, it's empty by a guy who's going to fucking roundhouse kick your snowman to bits. Let's not even get onto that fucking topic. That's the, that's the future, man. That's the future we're going to get. Can you afford to live in the fucking new world order. And we're at a tip, it feels like we're at a tipping point now. And the other option is, we all get together, we fucking storm Wall Street, and we watch it fucking burn. Mad Max style. <laughs> Let's fucking convert a Volvo and live in the desert. <laughs> oh. I'm even, I'm even making myself a bit mad with that last one. I'm telling you, see in five years, see in ten years, when we're all fucking in the demilitarised zone, light suit, power cuts are suddenly a, a, a thing that we're all dealing with now. You're going to sit back and go, remember that podcast we used to, remember when we remember when we used to listen to podcasts, remember when electricity was a real thing, and we used to listen to podcasts, oh, yeah, I remember, I used to love podcasts, remember that one uh, fucking Big Gibble, Scott Gibson, the comedian, Scott Gibson show, oh, yeah, I listened to that, aye. Remember when he was talking about like, 
you know, the rise of like paywalls and that, and how we were all going to get forced back into existence and like a kind of sub, you know, a second tier level of people, but we, we, you know, we can't afford to like go to nice places and mix with others because we're just, we're driven down, you know, remember that? Aye, aye. He was right, wasn't he? I fucking was, man, aye. I fucking was. Right, let's do some uh, let's do some listeners' questions, man. I put out a wee post on the Patreon, kind of last minute, just before we uh, started recording to ask. So thank you to everybody who got in touch. I know it was very short notice. Um, if you are not part of the Patreon, uh, please consider joining. It's the best way to support the show. You can sign up for five dollars, which is fuck all. I think it's like four fifty. It's nothing, right? It's pennies, man. Uh, four fifty a month. Um, you get access to. All the extra content, you get an extra episode every single week. Uh, it's called the Sunday Service. It goes out, believe it or not, every fucking Sunday. So it's the only way to access the Sunday Service and get the extra content is to be on the Patreon. Um, so please consider doing that. It helps support me and it supports the show and it gives you some extra goodies as well. There is now 44 extra Patreon episodes on there. Um, all the comedy albums are on and some extra goodies as well. Uh, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. Or go to the website, bigscottgibson.com and follow the links on there. Right. Let's dive into these questions. Uh, first up, straight off the bat, just take these in the list. I don't know what order they're in. Uh, Simon has asked, do aliens exist and what sort of food will they introduce us to? Do aliens exist, Simon? They must. Surely, they must exist. And interestingly, interestingly, or is it? You decide. See when I watch some of these Attenborough things and it shows you like shit that lives in the ocean. You're telling me that is not a fucking alien. There are things that exist on this planet at this moment that I do not believe are from this fucking planet. Some of the bugs that exist, some of the fish, I mean, can you even call them fish? Some of the things that exist deep in the darkness of our oceans they're fucking aliens man i'm telling you they'll be way green men for another fucking planet as technology increases and we see further and we understand that there are other universes or galaxies out there there must there's no way in hell that we can be the only thing that's alive no way unless we are some kind of you know, Matrix-style fucking AI, we're actually in a tube getting fed through our arse, I don't know, but there needs to be aliens out there, there has to be. Are we going to see any forms of uh, other life in our, in our lifetime? I don't think so. Um, maybe there are aliens who have discovered Earth and went, what a fucking shithole, and they buggered off. Um, I would like to think that they are aliens. I would like to think they'd come. Food-wise, would they introduce this stuff? Uh, absolutely no idea, mate. I I imagine we'll go down the, the route of some kind of Star Wars, uh, Star Trek kind of thing, you know, where you think you're going to get fed kind of some kind of, like, nuclear slop, a funny colour. Um, imagine we found a, another uh, life form and they just had fucking, you know, pies and, and steak. Imagine. They had, like, space cows. You know? Space sheep. They came down and were like, what, what kind of stuff do you eat, man? And they're like, fucking uh, chips and gravy. And like, no fucking way, man. We eat chips and gravy as well. 
I mean, again, going briefly from the whole fucking, you know, two-tier existence, can you afford to live in the world? Imagine an alien life form actually came to Earth and they brought, like, a something simple like a sauce, right? Say that it was, like, a, their equivalent of, like, fucking brown sauce, HP. And when we ate it, to them it was just like, to them it's just like brown sauce, right? It's just like, oh, this is just this sauce we put on fucking chips and cheese, man. And we tasted it, and it's like, it's like the greatest umami. It's like the greatest thing you've ever tasted. There's something about the way our, our molecular structure is made up that when this alien brown sauce touches our taste buds, it's like the most, it's just the greatest thing you've ever tasted in your life. Ima imagine all that. You're out there, you how to make it, man, right? You put fucking frog spawn, put your toenails in it, boil it for six hours, stick it in the magic mix. Great, man. Think how much a bottle of that would go for. Alien sauce. Jesus, fuck. People save it. Even tens of thousands of pounds for a wee tiny bottle of alien sauce. Aye, but have you ever tasted alien sauce, mate? Oh my God, it's fucking amazing. Who knows, Simon? I hope they exist. Uh, I hope they exist. And uh, I hope they bring uh, some alien sauce. And make it fucking get battered in. Uh, thanks, mate. Richard Kelly, if you were to become First Minister of Scotland, um, what would be your policy and what changes would you make from the first day? Oh, Richard. Such a big question, mate. Uh, I'd change the name, first of all. Do I be First Minister? Do I be Imperial Leader? Um, or Fuhrer, just for a laugh. But I'd go Imperial Leader. Great Imperial Leader. Uh, defender of the people. Uh, master of the Universe. <laughs> first Minister sounds sound shite. I'd, I'd either want to be Presidente. El Presidente Gibbo. Uh, I'd go for the pure Che Guevara. I'd go for the, the Army uniform and a fat Cuban that's what I would change first of all uh, I'd, I'd change the dress I'd, I'd have a uniform I'd be like old school old school Nazi no Nazi as in like fucking uh, you know uh, Zeke Heil uh, I wouldn't have them goose them but I'd have all my ministers dressed uh, the same and depending on what team you were you'd be a different colour so Tories would be uh, blue, uh, my gang would be fucking gold. <laughs> Labour's red, right? But I'd have a proper like military style suit uh, with a big fucking massive Cuban cigar, and uh, I'd change my name to El Presidente, and uh, we'd go for there, mate. I'd build a wall. Straight away we're independent. I'm not having a vote. I'm not asking you. Do you think that we should be, Scotland should be independent now? I'm just telling you, we're independent. I'm building a wall and uh, I'm cutting off all ties with England. That's it, it's done. Um, and then I'd start a very aggressive invasion process. And uh, by the end of an 18 month campaign, uh, England, as you know, it would no longer exist. They'd all be Scottish, uh, full Scotland. Um, I'd let the old firm play in the Premiership. Uh, that would be my second thing. <laughs> uh, serious policies? Uh, I don't know, mate. I don't know. You know, funny stuff's probably better. Um, I'd ban uh, the sale of baked beans. I'm sorry if there's any baked bean fans out there. To me, it's the work of the devil. Uh, it's disgusting. Uh, 
I think people who enjoy baked beans, uh, especially cold, out of tin, uh, uh, you need to get yourself into therapy. Uh, so I'd buy a cellar baked beans, um, and I know that there would be some kind of civil unrest in that, and the people would feel as though the new El Presidente is uh, trying to turn it into a dictatorship, and I would go on the airwaves, and I'd very quickly say that that is the case, you now live in a dictatorship, shut your fucking mouth, or I'll send the uh, the death squadron to take you away in a van. And uh, that's it, end of story, you know. Uh, I'd disband the BBC, I'd, uh, I'd melt that down, and uh, I'd bring in the new El Presidente uh, news channel <laughs> to get the message out to the, uh, to the people. I'd annex Edinburgh, even though I live here now, I would move the capital to Glasgow, I would annex Edinburgh. Edinburgh is, uh, is now the no man's land, doesn't exist, it's not a recognised country. Uh, if anybody wants it, they can have it. Uh, but I'd build a wall in Edinburgh, on the Ring Road, and uh, I'd shut it off for the rest of Scotland. Because we know it's not technically Scotland. Um, and go for there, mate. Go for there. You know? Give everybody a COVID test. Uh, if, you, if you've if you got COVID, uh, I'm going to put you in the SECC. And, uh, and you, you know, it's uh, survival of the fittest. Uh, last man standing. You're locked in there with a bottle of water and uh, a Greg's. And that's it. There's no medical attention. Uh, you know, and if you survive, then you're, you're, uh, you know, we'll do the wee heat gun thing and we'll welcome you back to society. And uh, those of you who don't make it, uh, dog food. You know, again, people might think I'm a harsh ruler, but life's going to be good under El Presidente. <laughs> Everyone gets a penguin. There you go, right? Obviously, we're shutting down Edinburgh Zoo. Everybody gets a penguin. That's it. And I know there's maybe not enough penguins to go in, so you get one for a month. And if you don't want it, you just say, listen, I'm no, the wife's a graph, I'm not fucking, I'm not having a penguin. You pass it on to your neighbour. And eventually everyone's got a shot at a penguin. Think how good that's going to be in a couple of years, you know? When people are like, Grandpa, tell us what it was like living under El Presidente. Oh, the current was half his nut, man, honest to God. We all had a penguin. <laughs> Get, Sandra, get the photos out for the Grandwains. You don't believe this, right? He fucking comes on the telly. Yeah, remember the fucking suit he used to wear with the big Harry Hill blazer thing? He's big fuck. Remember the cigars? Oh, honest to God. Guy was half his nut, man. So he comes on one night and we're going, right, what's he going to say this time? You know, we're all shitting ourselves because he thought it was going to put us back in the COVID death camps, you know. But fair to the big man, COVID was over in a month by the time he took over, you know. Uh, and he just comes on the telly and says, right, listen up, cunts. Everybody's getting a penguin. Here's how it's going to work. Uh, a guy for the El Presidente's High Council is going to turn up at the door. He's going to give you the penguin uh, and a month's supply of penguin feed. And then uh, you've got a penguin. And then once the month's up, you fucking get in the neighbour, moves down the street, and then by the time it gets down the street, somebody for the council comes and picks it up. And I was like, no fucking way, man. And the first thing Monday morning, half eight, doorbell goes, fucking penguin's standing there in a selling tower. I was like, Jesus Christ, in you come. We called him Jinky, man. I had him for a month. Cracking wee guy. Loved a bath, man. Loved a bath. So there you go, Richard. We're in. We're changing the title to El Presidente. We are building a wall. We're invading England. We're annexing Edinburgh. We're putting COVID uh, in the SECC and we're shutting that off. And uh, everybody gets a penguin. I mean... If that doesn't sound like a great way to run a country, I don't know what is. <laughs> I really want a penguin now. I really want a penguin. Uh, right, next, uh, Louise uh, Thompson. Louise has asked, is there a particular venue that is your dream to perform in? Yes, 
Theatre Royal in Glasgow. Long before I was a comedian, a comedian, a comedian, a man of mirth, a joke slinger, before I became a comic, I went to the Theatre Royal in Glasgow. And I have been lucky enough, I have performed in the Kings in Glasgow. I've performed in the Armadillo. Uh, where else? Tron Theatre. Uh, what other theatres in Glasgow? Um, that are nice. Mm, don't know. But the people talk about the Kings a lot. And I think because the Kings, the Kings is a wee bit scummy. Right, you hear me? I'm not saying the people who go to the King's Theatre are scum. Far from it. But the way that the King's Theatre in Glasgow is run, it's a bit scummy, you know? You can hire it for private functions. Very scummy. Um, they have some people performing there who are cunts. And it's it's quite a... You know, it feels like... Um, the King's Theatre feels like a... a a, a lady of the night, a, a young, a young, a, a twink boy, a young rent boy, if you will. It's been well used, you know. And any, if you have the money, you can you can play a game. You know, anybody can get a shot. Whereas the Theatre Royal, it's uh, there's a little bit more class to the Theatre Royal. Not that I'm saying I am a bit more class, you know. But I mean, let's just be honest. Very, uh, very highbrow my comedy, you know the uh, from the burning koalas to the uh, shooting in the bath. Very highbrow, but the Theatre Royal, if you've ever been in it in Glasgow, is uh, it's a beautiful theatre, theatre, and it has history in it, and it just to me it's always felt a little bit better than the Kings, I suppose. So it would be there. I since day one, I've always, I've always wanted to perform at the Theatre Royal. I don't think it'll ever happen. Sadly, I don't think I'm ever going to be in a position um, where I can, where I could fill a, a venue. That, it's fifteen hundred seats. Uh, never say never. I suppose you, you don't know what's around the corner. You know, I mean, look at Sir Captain Tom. I could sell out, but I'm ninety nine year old. What a sad prospect that is. But um, never say never. You never know. But maybe the podcast will take off next year. We keep growing, you know. Keep fucking adding people. Maybe we can get a couple of tours under our belts and build the audience. But it would, it would be an absolute dream of mine. Um, let me just tell you that the dream is, right? Well, fuck it. We're being honest here, man. Let's just share each other. I did my first ever show 2015. Um... March the 20th, 2015, was the very first time I did a solo show. And it was the very first performance of my first show, Life After Death, which then went on to win the Newcomer Award at the Edinburgh Festival, being the first Scottish act in history to win said award. And I have always had a wee dream in my head that on the 10th, 10-year anniversary, so 20th of March, 2025... I would do the show again at the Theatre Royal in Glasgow. Is that likely to happen? I don't think so. Um, but if I could somehow build a momentum between now and 2025 that I was able to do a show of that size, that would be an absolute dream come true for me. Uh, so maybe it'll happen. Maybe one day we'll get to perform there. It would be amazing. But that is probably the venue 
that I would love to love to play. There's another couple of ones like the Playhouse in Edinburgh, Eden Court in Inverness. Now I've played in Eden. I go to Inverness every year with the tour, and I play Eden Court, but in the small uh, theatre which is called the One Touch Theatre, which always I think sounds a little bit pedo, but to play the big room in Eden Court would be amazing. Uh, so I'd love to do that. But um, you know, you never know. You never know. Also with Greenock, man. See the beacon in Greenock. That main room is stunning, man. It's absolutely stunning. I'm usually always in the wee room. I've never... I've played the big room once with another comic. There was a night when I did a show with uh, Gary Little and uh, Des Clark. And we were in the big room. And it was just amazing. And I was hosting it. And I remember thinking, God, I'd love to do my show in here. I'd love to do a full show in the big room because it's a beautiful theatre um, but again never say never you know it's 550 600 seats which just now is is out of touch for me um but we, you never know we might get there in a couple of years and, and keep building it and certainly things like the podcast and even things like the quiz is you know has maybe opened up a new wee audience so um it would be nice to try and build that but louise if there's one uh it is always the theater royal in glasgow that is the one that I hopefully one day will uh, will get to play. So thank you, Louise. Right, Andy Ward, with Glastonbury already cancelled for this year, can you see the Fringe going ahead in August, even at a reduced local event? Uh, no, Andy, I can't. Um, the reason being, I, most people maybe do know or don't know, uh, in, so Edinburgh Fringe Fe Festival happens in August every single year, and in November the year before, you have to sign up to the fringe if you want to perform the next year. That's that's effectively how long it's a it's a full. The fringe festival is a full, all round year thing. It's not um you know we don't decide in June or July if you're going to go. You have to sign up, uh, November of the previous year, um, which is tough sometimes because it's such a draining month. August it really is, and then you have September, and you get back into touring. And you get into October and you start to feel as if you're getting kind of normal again and you start to kind of, you know, come back into the real world and you usually get your payment in October from the fringe and then you have to start having those conversations, right, what have you got? And you're going, what have I got, man? I've just put a show together now I'm going to take it and turn it. Ah, well, we need another show. We need So you need to sign up in November. So it's a it's a long process. It's, a, it's the biggest arts festival in the world. So we're obviously past that now. We're now into February. Um... Is it likely to happen? I don't think so. Um, but you never know. Um, you, you generally don't know. Um, there could be something local, could be something smaller. Personally, I would rather I would rather it is the festival or it isn't, and that's it. I don't want it to be this diluted, watered-down, kind of half-arse thing. I, I would rather not have that. I would say it's best to leave it, wait until 2022, plan it properly, Make sure everything is placed. There is also a, a there is a lot of problems with the festival. A lot of problems. There's a lot of infighting. There's a lot of uh, industry biased. There's a lot of things about the Edinburgh Fringe Festival that need to change. And I would rather that the festival take the time to make those changes. The acts, the comedians, make the time to try and enforce the changes that they want. Um. 
and then we come back with this kind of new and improved festival. Is that going to happen? I don't think so. Changes I would like to see. I would like to see more funding for Scottish acts, which is never going to happen. I would like to see more um, venues being financially available to comedians, i.e. it doesn't cost tens of thousands of pounds to bring a show here. It doesn't cost you three, four, five, six, ten grand to hire a room for a month. Is that going to change? That's never going to change. I would like to see a pricing cap on tickets. I think every single ticket across the board should be £5. Uh, and that way it encourages more people to see more shows. Is that going to happen? That's never going to happen. So, you know, what's the point in maybe having that discussion? But I don't think it's going to be back this year. I think it will be too risky. I think the just the, the volume of people that will that would be in the city, I think is too much if we're just coming off the back of COVID. I think it's probably more sensible to hope that we get out of COVID soon, maybe by the summer. Um, but I think it makes sense to give it a few more months, if not another calendar year, just to let things resettle again. Um, so I don't think it's going to happen, but you, you never know. Um, I, I've said for years as well, I would love to see the festival go on tour. I really would. And I know it's the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, but, you know, it's a Scottish festival and, and I would love to see it go on tour and I think that might be a way for certain changes to be made, you know. Um, yes, Edinburgh is an amazing city. It's, a, it's a, an incredible city. Um, Edinburgh, Edinburgh is, let me say this about Edinburgh, Edinburgh is a great, it's a great city, right? I, I love it. I, I do. I love it here. It's a, a wonderful city. But, but it is like London. Uh, and I know I joke about that sometimes and people joke about it, but it is like London. And it's like London in the sense of it's incredibly expensive to live here. It's probably the most expensive place to live in the UK. If you can afford to live in this city, it's a great city. If you can't afford to live in this city, it's just another city. And right now, to me, it's just another city. Uh, obviously, it's different because everything's shut. Um you know, and hopefully things change once we get a COVID thing goes back to you. But it is an expensive city to live in. Uh, and it's even more expensive during August. For fuck's sake. So I don't think it's going to happen. But um, yeah, and like I said, on, on, take it on the road, man. It would be great. I think, for example, Dundee. I think Dundee could host the Fringe quite easily. I think there's enough venues in Dundee um, that they would be able to put on a Fringe festival. I think Aberdeen could host it. I think Inverness could host it. I think Glasgow could host it. Um, I think I think you could take the Fringe Festival uh, on tour around Scotland. Uh, and I think you could make it uh, a really big thing. I think it could be like almost, you know, like the Scottish Olympics. I think you could have uh, an opening and closing ceremony. I think at the end, you know, at the closing ceremony, I think you could have this huge big party that showcases Scotland and showcases the country and showcases the talent that we have. And I think you could do a big thing where you do it, you know, and for example, and say it comes back for 2022, you could have a huge big closing thing where it goes, right? And in 2023, the festival will be held in and do a big reveal, you know, and it would be at the city of... Aberdeen or Inverness or whatever, you know, and then we start this big one year countdown to 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 Aberdeen hosting the whole lead up to the festival, you know, there's a there's a real buzz about the city and there's a real buzz about performers because they're maybe getting to go to a city 
they've never been to before and that brings a huge influx of, of money into the city and I think that would be a great thing to do for the festival. I really do. I think take it on the road and take it around Scotland and and make and allow people to see other parts of Scotland. Because without a doubt, Inverness, Aberdeen, Dundee, Glasgow, all of those cities could host the French quite easily, and it would be it would be a real burst of cash for local business, burst of cash for the economy of that city and you know every year we just we just move it around somewhere else and uh, if, if if Edinburgh wants to have the kind of monopoly over it you can have like you know every 10 years it always returns to Edinburgh for like a 10 year anniversary or every third year it always goes back to Edinburgh you know something like that just let it let it go out and let it let it be a little bit different I think there should be more things more businesses more festivals more things that are using this situation that we have with COVID and with lockdown to really think differently about how they present themselves once we go back to normal life. I think that would be a good idea. Um, but again, will it happen? Say it with me now. Will it fuck? Who knows? But Andrew, thanks for your question, mate. And uh, finally, Glenn Cunningham uh, has asked, the, the aged-old classic, who would win in a fight uh, between a 100 duck-sized gibbles and one horse size gibble Glenn as always mate you have the great questions um, sometimes I sway in this one sometimes I sway I don't know why I went in there. sometimes I sway in this one I do think one horse size gibble could take out a hundred duck size gibbles I really do it, it really depends on how violent the duck size gibbles are because if you had 100 of you trying to swarm you you know that might be it depends if they're all coming at once but then if you're a horseman see if I'm a horse sized gibble and I get a fucking good kick in you're taking it with now let's be honest easily right 10 15 ducks at a time so I'm a horse I've got 100 ducks running at me right Bang, bang, bang. Four dead. Squashed. Hoofed down. Deed. Right, straight away. So we're doing it in 96. They're all around me. I've got a couple climbing up, right? Fuck you, fuck you. Shaking them off. And then, bang, big right hook. Bang, big right hook. So I've just killed 30. I mean, what? We're doing it in 64. Shaklaki, shaklaki. Suddenly, we're doing it about 40 odd. They're getting a bit nervous. Yes, they've got a couple of nips in, man. But what are they really going to date you? Then you just start picking them off, man. Shaklaki, shaklaki, pow, pow, splash, squash, fucking deed, scalp. I'm going to stick with me. I'm going to stick with one horse-sized gibble would defeat a hundred duck-sized gibbles. And I would I would go with that with anything. I stand by that. But Glenn, let me know what you think. And thank you for your question. Great question, man. Bloody great question. A horse-sized gibble. Jesus Christ. Feeding that thing would be a fucking nightmare. Right, let's finish up with this uh, wee news story. Um, once again, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, if it's your first time, please do subscribe. The podcast is available on every single podcast player. And however you are listening to it, hit the subscribe button. 
Uh, new episodes come out every single Wednesday. And if you are part of the Patreon, you get an extra episode every Sunday, the Sunday service. Uh, so please do become a patron and support the show. Patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. Right. We, uh, we return to our friends at the Metro. A uh, free newspaper, free for a reason, free because it's shite. James Hockaday. Hockaday! A new name to us. It feels as if the Metro is continually churning out uh, new, awful journalists. Um, and when I saw this, I was enraged. Enraged! Uh, for one of two reasons. One, the guy's a fucking piece of human waste. And two, he's gone about this the, the wrong way. Uh, this is a review of something that we hold dear to our hearts. Uh, and he's ripped it apart. And he's a bastard. And we're going to dive into it. Um, let me just read you the headline. Frenchman, already I'm angry. Already I'm angry. Already uh, I'm switching off, if I'm being honest with you. If someone had said to me, we have a review of something, I'd be like, who's it by? It's by a Frenchman. Ah, I'll leave it. I'll leave it. I'll leave it. Headline reads, Frenchman's brutal Greg's sausage roll review after trying one for the first time. First of all, Greg's, and I, I, to go back to one of the earlier questions, uh, one of my acts as El Presidente, Greg's should refuse to sell their goods to anyone from France. I'm trying to think if there's any other countries that are as stuck up as the French. If there's anybody else that thinks everything they do is far superior to anyone else. People may argue the English or, or the British, but I don't think they feel as if theirs is the best or superior. They may find something that's better, steal it, and then claim it their own, like curry. So I don't think that, but certainly French can oh, man, what is this, a Greg Sausage Roll? Fuck off, you cunt. It's no for you, people up you, right? Fuck off. So already I'm going to be angry with this review. I just know it. Uh, Greg's has also put a picture up of someone holding a sausage roll, which is quite clearly a vegan sausage roll. Don't tell me there isn't a difference. Uh, despite living in the UK for over two and a half years, so the country they're known better, Nicholas Henry, or to give him his proper name, Nicholas Henry, has managed to avoid the culinary delights of Greg's because he's a fucking wank. It was only on a Saturday after, as he nursed a stonking hangover, he was finally introduced by a British friend to the iconic bakery. Uh, Lake Lemisier from Derby was dying for him to have this cultural experience despite being a food snob because he's French. So I was right about the guy. He spent £5.59 and sent a sausage roll and a sausage bean and cheese melt to his door for him to enjoy while sobering up. Uh, but Nicholas, Nicholas, 29, uh, has had better and took over an hour and a half to write a brutally honest review about his Greg's experience. He wrote, I know British people are sometimes described as explorers or pioneers, and I have to admit that Greg's managed to do something groundbreaking with the sausage roll. As I chewed and swallowed, I simply couldn't understand how something could taste so bland, yet so revolting at the same time. You fucking little cunt. 
Uh, amazing, the crust tastes like cardboard and was passed through a food blender and then compressed together into puff pastry. The sausage is all over the place. Sometimes it feels like mushy gelatin, sometimes it's spicy. Yet I chewed through it and, and after bite after bite, I could see it was, ha sorry, I could see it had no intrinsic value. How fucking dare you, Frenchie. He admitted that he struggled to eat the sausage, beer and cheese melt as it reminded him of the awful food he had during school, which made him weep as it was so bad compared to his family's cooking. But after soldiering on and finishing the pastry treat, he wrote, I don't want to sound like an ungrateful bastard, but you are, but this one I just couldn't. I enjoyed the moment. I mean, I imagine there is something in every country, right, that is, that is, unique to that country and if you don't come from there and and people try it they're probably not going to get it because you have to grow up with it it's like when people you know english people used to taste iron brew and they go i don't understand and you go good because it's no for you it's for us no fuck off all right greg's is very much like that now greg's although a lot of people don't want to admit it's an english thing it's not a scottish thing but it, it holds a dear place in scottish people's hearts it's awful for you it's terrible for you if you ate it every day for a week you'd be dead but there is something about greg's that we love it's from the cheap food the sausage rolls to the overly aggressive women who work behind the till everything about greg's it's a dinner and a show it's an experience right it's an experience they tried to tart Greg's up by introducing seats and saying, would you like to sit in or take away? Don't be stupid, Sandra. I'm leaving because I'm not a junkie. But there's something about Greg's that holds dear to our heart. Now, if you are a French, stop hitting the mic, Gibble. If you are a French snob, you're never going to get Greg's. You're never going to like it. You're never going to understand it. We do not enjoy it because it tastes good. We enjoy it because it's part of who we are. We are Greg's, Greg's is us. Je suis Greg's, you fucking French cunt. So if you didn't grow up wet, you'll never understand it. If you're buying a sausage roll to critique it, don't buy a sausage roll. Understand that you are buying a Greg's sausage roll because either one, you cannot afford to eat anywhere else, or two, you want that feeling of grease, fat and disgust in your mouth. Yes, we Gregs. They'll never understand it. In a way, I feel sorry for them. In a way, I feel sorry for them. And also, if the first time that you experience anything is with a hangover, you're never going to enjoy it. You're never going to enjoy it. Now, I'm the one to sit here and say that French people can't drink, but I will say this in my defence. As a Glaswegian man who enjoys a bevy and a Gregs, let me say this to you. There has never been a time in my life, nor will there be an occasion in the future, where I am classed as hungover, yet able to sit and write a review that lasts an hour and a half. So again, I put it to you. If you have been able to sit and write this long-winded French culinary review that took an hour and a half, not only were you not hungover, my little French friend, you were indeed not even drunk to start with. You may think that you have a refined French part. You may think that your 
cuisine is valued greatly across the world. You may think that your people invented all the cuisine, but we... I think we didn't invent the sausage roll because it's for Greg. Maybe we did invent the sausage roll, it doesn't matter, but we invented Greg's. Greg's is us. Yes, we Greg's. So you can take your review and you can stick up your ass. You can fuck off back to France and you can go and force feed some ducks and you can eat their liver and you can have your other fucking shite that you have because we'll always have Greg's. And believe me, more people on this planet, more people in this country will have eaten a Greg sausage roll than have eaten foie gras. And I'll tell you right now, on a taste test, a blind taste test with the general public who live in the second tier, the underbelly, the bottom class as we leave COVID, if you blindfolded the fuckers and you got them to taste a Greg sausage roll, which is at the right temperature, and a piece of foie gras. Every single one of them. Tell a man. Would pick the sausage roll. And they'd pick it every single time. So to you Mr Henri. I say stick your review. Stick your opinion. Because Greg's is something you'll just never understand. Greg's is something you'll never understand. Right team, that's us. We've got stuff we've not even spoken about. Again, man, we're just going on for too long. We've got uh, Dubai has uh, apparently shut the pubs. We need to talk about Amsterdam and the uh, the fact that they're going to be moving the, the red light district and trying to shut out the tourism. Um, but we'll, we'll pick that up in the Sunday service. We'll pick that up in the Sunday service. Um, right, thank you for listening. Um, subscribe to the show. Share the posts on social media. Help grow the numbers. If you are not on the Patreon, become a Patreon. It is the only and best way to support the show and to access all the extra content. Do it. It's worth it. There's uh, 44 episodes out there, uh, over 50 hours worth of content, comedy specials, albums, everything. So do that. Sign up now. Patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. Right. Uh, play the quiz on a Wednesday night. Uh, other than that, uh, nothing else to punt at the moment. Hopefully we'll have some gig news soon. Uh, but in the meantime, stay safe. Still dangerous out there. Wash your hands and your asshole. And hopefully, I'll see you on a battlefield soon.